Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Good morning, Vibrant Church. How are we doing today? Sunday morning? Come on, let me hear from you. Love it, love it. So glad that you are here. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors, and we're so thankful that you are here today. Obviously, you can tell behind me it looks a little bit different than what it normally does when we get ready for message time, but I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. Two things that I want to tell you about. Number one is our movie night tonight. Uh, if you have kids, I, you probably have been watching Encanto for the last month or so on repeat. And so I want to bless you with one more time to watch that tonight at the church. So five o'clock, we won't talk about Bruno, just come at five o'clock. Our kids team, seriously, our kids team has prepared an amazing, amazing um, experience for your kids. And so bring your kids, bring your family. Um, This mic has a little ring if you can bring gain down a little bit. So this, uh, bring your kids um, it's going to be a wonderful time. There's going to be snacks. There's going to be food. There's going to be drinks. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be an awesome time. So uh, I'd love to see you here tonight. Everybody say tonight. All right. So next week, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. And, and starting next week, it's a new series. And, and, and this has been something I've been talking about the team with for a while. Uh, but something that concerns me as a pastor has been that we there are so many Christians that love the church and love church on Sundays, and love life groups, and love all the things, but they don't love the Bible. And that has been concerning for me. Like, have you ever been, let's be real and transparent for a moment, have you ever been so busy that it's just difficult to connect in the Bible? Have you been there? Have you been there? I've been there. We've been there, right? We've all been there. Here's what I want to do. I want to help you at this next series we're going to start. It's called The Good Book, and it's a four-week series, and we're simply going to break down The Bible. Is the Bible reliable? Is the Bible relatable? Is the Bible relevant in your life today? Why, if the Bible is, let's just be real, if the Bible is not reliable, everything that we're doing here is fake. But I want to do an entire series, look at history, look at at every part of the scripture Let's look, does the Bible contradict itself? I want to answer those questions that you have, that you've been asking about the Bible all your life. I want to answer those questions in this series. In fact, let me give you a little taste of it right now. Did you know, obviously this week, everybody has been tuned into the news with the war in Russia and Ukraine, and, and we obviously are praying uh, with those in Ukraine and and in fact, I, one of our church partners that we partner with monthly pastors a church in Lithuania, okay? They launched a church in Lithuania, which is also former Soviet country, okay? And so they actually evacuated Lithuania this week because of the fears that Russia won't stop at, at Ukraine, okay? So this is a very serious thing. But did you know that the Bible actually talks about what happened this week? Did you know that? In fact, let me give you, they wouldn't let me bring my iPad because I'm not supposed to preach today, but um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you like two minutes. I'm going to give you a taste. Okay. Daniel seven, Daniel seven, it's a prophecy. It says a bear will rise up. You ever seen that meme with Putin and a bear? All right. Four of y'all seen it. The rest of you haven't seen it. Okay. Go Google it. Ezekiel 38. Okay. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little something right here. Magog will enter into a war with God's people. So right here you have Gog, which is a man and Magog. Okay. Which is his country. Okay. It says we'll enter a war with God's people. Now you don't really understand what Magog is. What is Magog? Magog is actually a place inside the Caucasus mountains. It's where white people come from. It's a, that's a joke. That's not real. That's a joke. Sorry. Edit that out. Um, but the Caucasus Mountains, that's actually in southern Russia. Did you know that? Did you know that? So literally, 
The Bible, I'm telling you, it's relevant. It's reliable. It's, I'm not going to preach this message yet, but it matters in your life. And I'm telling you, if you will learn to, I want to raise up a generation of believers that if, you, if I ever pastored you in your life, I want you to have a love for the word of God. I want you to have a love for it, not check it off your to-do list and check your new version because you OCD people don't want to be late on your, your reading list, right? You don't want to have a day left on your reading chart, right? Like, not that, but love for the word. I want to encourage you and I want to help you in that. And so don't miss this next series. If you have people that are unbelievers, people that are atheists, I encourage you, tell your atheist friends, my pastor is going to discover whether the Bible is real on stage. Come check it out. Like literally set me on fire to burn. I, I don't care. Like just tell them to come on. Tell them to come on. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a time of exploration. And I just really enjoyed reading books and, and prepping and studying and looking into history. I've learned so much even studying for the series. You don't want to miss it. And so, um, I, yeah, you don't want to miss it starting next Sunday. Um, today, we have, we're going to close out This Is Us with something very, very special. I like to do this from time to time. I like to mix it up. You know, um, relationship is built in circles, not in rows. And our church is built off of community and relationship. And so that what that means is that sometimes I like to just break down what we're, what we've been talking about on Sundays and, and bring a panel of people that I respect, that our team respects uh, to, up to talk about these things. The last three weeks, I'm going to be honest with you, we've talked about some really deep relational stuff. We've talked about hurt. We've talked about divorce. We've talked about adultery. We've talked about pornography. We've talked about healthy marriage. We've talked about sex a little bit. Come on, somebody. And uh, I, <laughs> like we've talked about single people, y'all. Chill out. Easy. Chill out. Um, no, no, I'm just messing. Uh, but, but we've talked about a lot of fun stuff. But what I want to do is bring a panel of great leaders in our church up to talk about experiences of where they're at in life. And I'm going to kind of interview them and ask some questions. And so what I'd love for you to do is give it up for our panel that's going to come out from backstage right now. Come on, give it up for them right now. One by one, I'll introduce them. So this is Ashlyn. We all know Ashlyn. This is AJ. Looking fresh. You're going to go right there, Bubba. You're going to go on that chair right there. We've got Alan and Megan Walters. Anybody love Alan and Megan? And then we've got Billy and Rusty Sticker. Awesome, awesome folks here today. So um, how's everybody doing? We doing good? We shake off all the nerves backstage and we're good? We're ready? Okay, awesome. Well, I, you know, I, first of all, um, I think we underestimate how difficult, difficult it is to get up and talk about relationships in front of people that you know and know your marriage and know your singleness and know your dating and know your all the things and you get up in front and you're like, all right, I gotta be, just, I can't fake this, I gotta be real, right? And so that being said, um, we're gonna start out with just some really easy uh, questions here. And uh, so Ashlyn, I'm going to start out with you here, okay? So one thing that was important to me going into this panel is that we do have so many amazing people in our church that are single. And I think the thing that the church has done poorly uh, over time, over years, has been even when I was young, it was like, okay, you graduated high school, when are you getting married? And if you're not married by like 20, you're like, oh, something's wrong with you. Like something, something's up. And so I think the thing that has been wrong in the church is that we've we place so much value on marriage and marriage is great but you may be single but you're not alone you know what i'm saying you don't find your validity you don't find your um your value in your dating relationship and so inside of that the first question i want to ask ashlyn is a, a a very uh deep question and it's this uh, why can't women just decide on where to eat Well, you have about 20 minutes after you ask us. Okay. And then after 20 minutes, everything sounds too good. I want a hamburger. I want chicken nuggets. I want crawfish. I want all the things. So you have to give me three options, and then I can maybe pick two. <laughs> Man, I hope you wrote that down right there. I'm giving you, we're giving you wisdom here. Give her three options. Three options. And you got a time limit on that, so you better... <laughs> be thinking about it. All right, for real, let me, let me dive in. 
Ashlyn, let's talk real, okay? February can be a tough month sometimes, okay? Full disclosure, Ashlyn is single, uh, but she is single and looking. Come on. I am correct. Amen, amen. Praise God. Um, But if you're not dating somebody in a world that puts so much value and emphasis on that, when you hear that statement that I said a minute ago, I'm single, but I'm not alone, what comes to your mind? What do you think about, um, and just kind of break that down, open that up a little bit for us. Okay, so um, in today's world and outlook, it, it depends on your outlook with that statement. Um, a lot of us look at it negatively, but I think if you try to put it in a positive standpoint, um, if you look at it positively, yes, you're single. The world wants to identify you, identify you as single, but don't let them. You are not alone. You have your life groups, your family, your friends, your coworkers. You have so many other support systems that can help fill up your cup and feed into you positively. So yes, you're single, but you have other relationships that can help you through hard times or through the month of February. And and that's really good. But how do you do that personally? How how do you live this out? Um, I think that's something that you do really well. Um, as far as connecting, I always see you on Instagram. You're everywhere. You, you're, you're all over Houston. You're everywhere, connected with everybody. Everybody knows Ashley. And so how do you do that? How do you stay connected and stay fulfilled, um, you know, even in a time like this? Um, I make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people that are going to fill up my cup. I'm not hanging out with friends that are going to bring me down or just continue to drain me. So, like, life groups is a huge part and just, like, hanging out with people that have like are similar with you and are going to have like the same mindset that aren't going to push you or pressure you into doing things that really don't align with your beliefs um, is a way I think that. Yeah. Has that been difficult for you just um, naturally you're, you, people are attracted to your personality. Has that been difficult for you to set those boundaries and stay firm to those boundaries? And, and what tangible steps have you really done to okay, I've got a, right here is my line. Like, what what, what do you do personally in that? Um, yeah, I'm not perfect. I have friends that'll bring me down, and you'll get into seasons of sorrow. Um, I am aware, and I like to be aware of my feelings, so taking time for myself and, like, listening to music that's not going to bring me down and build me up. I like to... Um, have quiet time or do things that I like, like kayaking. That's why you see me on Instagram. I'm doing, I'm feeding my soul with things that I like to do and then finding people that want to do those things with me or just going out by yourself and meeting new people, making new connections. That's really good. I I love what you said about being aware of your feelings, right? Because we all have low times, right? Life comes in waves. You know, a doctor said, if, if you don't have a heartbeat like this, you're like this, and that's not good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I love how when you're, saying, when you're coming down on that wave, being aware of that and putting yourself in position that you can minimize that wave because of the people that you're connected with. Yeah. I love that, Ashlyn. That's really, really good. Alan and Megan, let me, let, let's, let's talk. Alan, so Alan has a, a job where he works all over Houston. He is everywhere, um, and he is very, very successful in his job in the fire safety industry. I mean, moving up very, very quickly, uh, and so just an awesome guy. Megan, uh, she is a stay-at-home but not stay-at-home mom, so she's got four, they've got four amazing kids, but she stays at home. She says it this way, I'm in full-time ministry, I'm just not employed by the church, and that's the really the way that she sees it. She's probably here more than most people and, and serving the, the ministry of the church. And so that being said, uh, I, I want to ask you today, how do you balance work and life and ministry to have appropriate time for your spouse, for each other, and for like your hobbies and, and your friends? And how do you guys intentionally do that? Okay, I'm not afraid at all. <laughs> um, so as, thank you. So as as far as spending time with each other, we have a very strict bedtime for our kids. Like you have to go away. Like at a certain time, you have to. You don't have to go to sleep, but you have to go to your room, and you can't come out unless you're bleeding or dying. So, Amen. So like we have, you know, you typically, what is that time, by the way? 
Do you want to know that time? I want to know that time. No, no judgment. It's no judgment. Practical stuff right here. Parents, y'all want that time? (laughs) I want that time. On school nights, it's seven fifteen. So we typically have two hours of alone time between you know when they go to bed and we end up going to bed, passing out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm glad you finished that end up. (laughs) Right. Glad you finished that. Yeah, because with with four kids and everything, it's like super exhausting. And if like we don't stick to that and let them stay up, then we're just gonna like we're not gonna see each other, spend time together. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as like um, work stuff and hobbies and friends, everything goes on the calendar. So um, even though our kids are not older and have a bunch of activities we are already kind of building that into our system. Um, if we're, we have to be up at the church for something, it goes on the calendar. If, you know, um, we're hanging out with friends, it goes on the calendar. It's just, that doesn't sound very like spontaneous, but we can't really be. So that's how we make time for all of the things. Um, and as far as hobbies, like we'll basically just talk to each other. Like, I am training for a half marathon right now, so I have to plan it with him when I'm going to do my long run. And um, so, yeah, just communication and having a shared iCal <laughs> calendar. So let's let's get real and let's get where there's some tension there. So when, Alan, there's something that you want to do, and Megan, there's something that you want to do, how do you guys work out, okay, Alan's got, you know, he wants to go play basketball with us. Or he want and Megan wants to go run for this half marathon, and we still got four kids, and and there's food, and there's family, and there's all these things. How do you work that out in your home? Um, so typically that doesn't really happen. Like I feel like we don't like we're very flexible. So I can do you know what I want to do you know whenever, and if he had something like if he wanted to go to basketball on Monday nights, then I wouldn't plan anything that that day. Um, but this week we're trying to ask for help more. And so I planned my run just for an example. I planned my run during the day on Monday and, and I'm asking someone to come watch the two little girls for me. So really we just have to communicate and ask for help. That's it. That's good. That's good. You know, I think we under, um, undervalue how much people around us that care about us want to help us. I think we do. And I think inside of that, you know, lonely people never reach out and help other people, but they're also not often being helped. And so it's this revolving circle of saying, man, if I'm feeling lonely for a couple, we're feeling lonely, we're feeling isolated, maybe we need to reach out and say, hey, why don't y'all come over to our house? Or why don't we connect and, and let me help you and I'll hit you help me and, and we connect together. It, it's another bridge that builds community there. And so I, I think, um, especially those of you with kids, don't parent alone. Uh, like reach out and find somebody that you could like switch off date nights with. And well, I can't afford a sitter. Well, that's great. You don't have to just switch off, you know, babysitting for each other and, and have your date night. You know what I'm saying? Be intentional about that. I think number one, it helps your marriage, but number two, it helps you find community uh, where you're not doing life alone. And so uh, like <laughs> you're able to find commonality that, Hey, I'm potty training. Is it okay if I bring my kid over? Not me, my kid. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> because okay if I bring my kid over you know what I'm saying like but and then you find commonality because you're like oh my kid potty training too that's the worst you know <laughs> and so you're ready to kind of break that down and kind of talk it out so you find commonality and that's important um AJ my man AJ anybody love AJ <laughs> my Filipino brother from another mother I almost spoke in tongues right there just no I'm just kidding AJ, how can we learn to have the style that AJ has? You know what? Um, if With a sense of style, I think there's one dude that I look up to here at our church, and you know who that is. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, actually, it's actually Ryan Craiglow. That man. That's a beautiful man. You're right. Yes. But uh, to uh, answer your question, you know, as someone who, who uh, 
lived from another country or who grew up from another country, which is the Philippines, uh, I think it's really important to know who you really are. It's really important to know or to reassess what your core values are so this way you're able to share it to other people. And what do I mean by that? That is to be able to really show to others what you're capable of doing and at the same time to show to others you're not afraid to show what your weak points are. So this way, people can help you out in a way for you to uh, be better and be effective as an individual. I love that, AJ. That's really good. You talked about that for a minute, just being transparent in your weakness. That Something that I value about you is that you are very transparent. Like if there's, there's nothing hiding there, and, and I, I value that. How, what, how are you intentional about being transparent with people around you, being real? How do you do that intentionally, like to develop and foster those relationships? You know what, to be honest, um, you know, when certain situations, like for instance, last week I had a situation with the uh, uh, vibrant students. One of my leaders, which is Kyle, uh, he said, oh, AJ, can you do this? Uh, can you lead the game? Normally, when you guys see me on stage, you'll be like, you know, like, I had that posture or that confidence when I'm on stage, you know, like, I do that certain move, whatever that is. But when, when it's about to me leading a certain, uh, or a game, or whatever that, you know, they want me to lead, that's when I become vulnerable and I get really, really shy. And, you know, it's really a good thing to be open about it, because this is why we're here at church. And our church is really good at really uplifting other people. Our church is really good at um, really um, trying to develop people to be the best that they can be. So, yeah, that's all. I love that. I love that. I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Ashlyn. When you hear that statement, I'm single, but I'm not alone. And yes. in, in a month like February and, and in times and waves, how do, you, how do you process that? And what, what thoughts and things go through your mind? You know what, to be honest, um, there is really an empowerment that comes within when you are single. Um, one of it would be you really learn how to be self-sufficient. Um, what do I mean by that? Uh, if you look at um, hold on. if you look at Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter oh, man, three, chapter three, verse five. There you go. Hold on. Let's see. It says. Um, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. That's good, AJ. Man, that's good. Um, you know what? Every day, I really do remind myself uh, that he is enough. He is more than enough to supply all the things that I need. Made me spiritually, emotionally, physically. He is more than enough to supply everything that I need. So... Um, when you're single, it doesn't really matter because you do have God to really give all the things that you need, and um, that's more than enough. So good, AJ. So good. Yeah, we can clap for that. That's good. So let's get practical with that. I love that concept of, of just understanding your value in Christ and your sufficiency is in Him, not in yourself. But how do you realistically do that when your emotions get a hold of you? When, when you're emotionally vulnerable, we all are from time to time. How do you work through the emotions to stay strong and understanding that your sufficiency is not in your emotions, but it's in Christ? How do you remind yourself? What are your practical things that you do? Well, to be honest, I just have to be like real and be authentic to other people. When I'm sad, I'm really sad, and I show it to other people. Um, when I need help, then I just really seek help. Yeah. Uh, made me to my pastor, to some of my friends. And um, I'm just really not afraid to show that to other people because I know for the fact that I am not alone. Yes, I am sufficient, but at the same time, that sufficiency comes from the Lord. And the Lord actually provides all the stuff that that we need. So to me personally, I uh, just acknowledge the fact that I cannot just do it on my own. Yeah. So it's really important to um, recognize that uh, you have all the resources that you need, regardless, even if it's so hard. The fact that you're trying out of that 
to get out of that emotion. It's huge. And you really need to compliment and give yourself a tap. Because sometimes when you're at your lowest, that's when a lot of people, or that's when a lot of uh, people will actually notice that. And you'll never know how God works. And um, you'll be able to be lifted up in a way that you can really just imagine. And the next thing you know, you're out of that situation. So, You know, something you said that was pretty powerful to me is that it's sometimes it's okay to be sad. Sometimes it's just sometimes life is not fun. Hey, there are just times, and it's okay to be sad because that opens up opportunities to, for people to minister to you. And uh, nobody can be poured out all the time. Eventually, something's got to go back in that cup. And so you've got to be willing to be sat down and let the cup be poured into again. And so I, I think there's value in that. Uh, Billy and Rusty, uh, let me tell you what. I've said this before from the platform, but this couple right here, uh, I look up to tremendously um, as... Um, just a couple of wisdom, a couple that has been through thick and through thin, and your marriage is strong. And the way that I'm able to tell that is not by knowing you for 30 years, but by knowing the fruit that you've produced. And so inside of that, I mean, look around at the legacy that you have. If you don't know, um, Brady, our student pastor, is actually his his oldest son. You know, like Brady, he's cool. Yeah. Their middle daughter, Taylor Sticker, is in Bible college. And um, she has, she's so gifted and passionate about ministry. And then Brendan is on the drums and, uh, and he serves in production. Where's Brendan at? Brendan around, he's somewhere. There he is in the back. So you guys have been through thick and through thin and you've raised three amazing kids that love the house of the Lord that love the Lord, that are passionate about ministry. They don't just come to church because they have to. Like Brady doesn't have to come to church, but he loves to serve. Brady married an amazing woman and serves the Lord. Like this is, that happens because of leadership in your home. Can you give me some practicality on how you did this? Because I think as parents, like I've got three kids. If I could shoot three for three, I'm like, yes, Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I want every bit of what you're having to say right now. So can you just give us some practicality on how you guys did this? I picked a good wife. <laughs> That's why he's got three kids. <laughs> um, we actually, you know, he sent us these questions beforehand just to let you see behind the curtain. <laughs> And, and Rusty and I were talking about it, and I said, you know, these are almost questions for our kids. And so we actually sent it to them. We're like, look, we're, we're going to be asked this from your standpoint. Why are you who you are? Like, what, what did we do that you feel maybe other parents didn't do? And uh, they saw the ugly. They saw the good. They saw the struggles. They saw us always go back to God. Uh, church, we never went to bed on a Saturday night wondering if we were going to church the next day. Yeah. You know, a lot of people do that. It's like, well, no, it, it was just a given. And I think because of that, and we've been married almost 26 years, um, and we've been in church, we've been in different churches, but the relationships that you get in a church, not just for us, but for the kids, you know, it makes them want to go. It makes them, and something else that, that I always tried to do, or we always tried to do, is tell the kids, look, you're not, you're not developing a relationship with our God. He's your God. Yeah. Right? He doesn't want to be a grandpa. He wants to be a dad to you. Yeah. Wow. And uh, something else is we're not, we never wanted to raise good kids. We wanted to raise good adults. Man, y'all write that down? This is, my mic's still on? Is it dead? Man went dead. They said, stop talking. There it is. Awesome. Man, that is so, so good. Number one, write that down. I never want to raise uh, good kids. I want to raise great adults. Woo. Just just unpack that one. Think about it a little bit um, when you go home. Rusty, why don't you open up and talk to us a little bit about that? Okay. Well, um... I wanted to share that our family's not perfect. Our kids aren't perfect. They do a great job, but we're just normal. A normal family have the same problems as a lot of other people do. I wanted to 
just get that part out. But we are very proud of our kids and uh, all of them and how much they serve and love the Lord. I think a lot of it is is just being real with them and being able to, I mean, I remember going through a rough time and I think, I think Brady was maybe 11 and we were, he came and we were talking about it and he sat on my bed and I was like, Brady, why don't we just pray about it? Why don't we trust God that he's going to take care of this? And we held hands and we prayed and, and I remember him looking at me and said, it's, it's going to be okay. And I was like, yeah, right. You know? And so we just try to teach them at that young age that, okay, so whenever we have trials and tribulations come, yeah, you want to protect your kids and shield them some, but also be real with them at age appropriate, you know. Right. I mean, Brady was 11 and Brendan was a lot younger, so I didn't pull Brendan in and tell him everything that's going on. But but Brady was aware, and, and, and a lot of that, during that time, I tried to be there for him, but he didn't realize he was being there for me too. Yeah. You know? It's good. I love that. What is the most valuable lesson that you two have learned in your time of marriage? I'm never right. (laughs) (laughs) No. think just knowing how to communicate when we first got married we'd get in an argument and one of us would leave like we just we just run you flee from the problem you would leave (laughs) (laughs) not like forever but like just get out of the house for a little bit you know and uh but it it took us learning how no we're we're just going to talk through this we're going to talk through this and something else I know some people are going to disagree with this about arguing in front of your kids. Some people are like, no, that's, that should be. I'm not saying you should argue in front of your kids, but your kids need to know how to communicate, how to work through. Like, look, we're not agreeing right now, but watch. Right. <laughs> we're going to figure this out. She's going to tell me how wrong I am, and we're going we're gonna to get through this. But I think there's a there's a healthy boundary there that that it's a the kids need to see that they need to know because i don't want my kids getting married and their first fight they don't know they have no idea what to do they don't yeah, yeah. i, I want to say something about that i remember our first fight when we got married okay what was it about? Tell i no, i don't remember what it was about well tell me what it was about. i don't remember what it was about but i remember <laughs> i remember arguing and and Billy had the mindset, and I love you, but I'm just saying, he had the mindset, I guess it's over. And I said, what are you talking about? Well, we're not getting along. And, well, Billy's background, he came from the parents who had divorced several times, married several times. My parents were still together. So, And I, honestly, I don't remember ever hearing my parents argue, so I didn't know about the communication part of doing that but I knew that just because you have an argument you don't get divorced you know and I was like whoa whoa and then I and then I guess maybe it was we as we talked about it we realized we need to take in consideration our background and our background of like how we were raised and honestly most for probably 90 percent of our parents that did the best they could with what they had and so I'm not necessarily blaming our parents or my in-laws I'm just saying that was he had a different mindset at that time. Yeah. And so we had to decide as a couple, we're going to communicate. We're going to work through it. We're going right. to get through it. Yeah. And that is not an option. Yeah. Right. You know? That's good. I will say this from a perspective side, if you don't mind me being transparent for a moment. I'm not your child. I'm not your kid. Um, I'll be an honorary sticker maybe one day. I'm not, uh, but... I've noticed this, I've seen this firsthand when I was on a trip with you guys, there was a disagreement and you guys, it was, everybody was there and like, it was just like, it was a super stressful, we were traveling or an airport and there was a disagreement, but you guys fought fair. You fought right. Like you, 
you, there ended up being an agreement. Oh, there was a misunderstanding and you fought fair. And that was something I came home to tell Carmen. I was like, they literally lived this out. And that's why I look up to you guys so much because you do that kind of stuff on the fly and the, the Lord just works in you. And so I just want to say, I've seen this firsthand, the way they communicate and the way they do this. So I honor you big time uh, for that. Um, Alan and Megan, let's get, let's get fun. <clears throat> so you are um, have a full-time job, ministry, all of the things, 4K, I mean, not 4K, what, what K thing are you running? 10K, a lot of Ks, okay? A half a marathon. Um, that's a lot of running, a lot of things I'm not interested in. But, <laughs> but so here's the thing. You guys are super busy. You got a lot of things. You got four kids. How do you guys keep the romance alive? You want me to play it out for you? Play it out. Okay. No, no, don't. No, 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 no it's no, going to no, be okay. It's going to okay, be okay. All right. <laughs> so, I'm nervous. God. So, I'm trying to make your pastor sweat. I'm at, I'm at work all day, right? I walk in the door. I look at her. I say, hey, girl, what that thing do? And she just, she just melts, and we, we connect. And that's, that's it. No, nah, but, uh, for, <laughs> but for, I'm sorry. I scared you. That was, I didn't really think that through. Got my heart rate up. <laughs> but, um, but. For real, this is this may sound weird or it's not super spiritual, but we schedule mommy daddy time. Um, we have a we worked out a set number of days that we go between. I'm not going to tell you that that day because I want you to work it out for yourselves. But it it works like it's on the calendar. There's a man and a woman dancing, and <laughs> it pops up and it's go time. Um, but <laughs> I told you we're real people with a real passion. <laughs> I love that. That's good, man. But, uh, yeah. So we know if for some reason we pass up that mark, we start to feel disconnected, grouchy, grouchy <laughs> and like, hey, we missed. Like, hey, we missed the mark. We gotta reconnect. We gotta reconnect. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I love that he took the mic away from I had no idea. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say it doesn't sound really romantic, but you put everything else that's important to you on the calendar. And this is probably one of the most important things if you're a married couple. Um, and yeah, like he said, we start getting grouchy at each other and it's just like, we know we've got to, we got to reconnect. So that's good. Uh, Billy and Rusty, I didn't ask y'all this question, but it, can we just Im, impromptu? Why don't you just kind of talk through that, like all through st stages of life? You got kids that were teenagers, you had kids when you were babies, and it's just like, how do you guys keep the romance alive? One, when we were, when the kids were younger, we had to schedule date nights. Like it was, you know, we tried to once a week, at least every other week. Uh, have a babysitter and we were youth pastors and it wasn't because we wanted to serve in the youth we wanted a bunch of babysitters to choose from <laughs> so we had that's the that's the trick we had like 20 something and we would just go through the list to see who could babysit and uh so that's so genius. um so scheduling it out and and even now we like taking trips we just we love to travel she was a home health nurse, and I remember her coming home one day, and she's like, all of these couple, you know, these elderly people that I'm treating, they all say the same thing. They wish they would have traveled more when they were younger, because now they have the finances, but they don't have the health. So she said, what can we do? Like, I want us to be able to travel. And so we make that, like, that's a, that's a priority for us. And, uh, you know, with our business, we're in a different situation now than we were a few years ago. But even back then, we, we would budget to be able to take these trips. And sometimes it's just her and I getting away for the weekend. Or, um, but that's one of the things for us. I think just the, the traveling, it's just, 
lets us know like this this is the life we dreamed of. That's good. That's like to to me I'm hearing you say that you guys have fun together. Like that's that's probably one of our not sex related ways that we keep the romance alive is we just are friends. Like we do things together. We like to watch movies and things together and um, play games. I beat him at golf. It's a card game. It's so fun (laughs) all the time. He hates it, but it's so fun. Um, but yeah, just like having fun together. That's good. Rusty, do you have anything you want to add to that? No. No? Okay. All right. Um, AJ, let's talk, let's talk purity for a moment at, you know, purity is so important in 2022. Uh, and it's, it's tough for the guy and the girl. You know, you want to save yourself from marriage. You want, to, you want to do the right thing. How do you mentally, like, how do you practically live this out, like a life of purity in a world that is so sexualized, where everything, I mean, literally they're selling cheeseburgers with girls in bikinis. Like, that meant these are not equal. To, like, that, it's so sexualized. How do you stay pure in a time like this? You know what, to be honest, um, it's really about the Lord, um, you know, so through his word and through prayer. It's really important to uh, do that. Um, realistically, I just really have to make um, good habits, if you may. So this way I keep myself busy and I keep my mind occupied. So this way I don't think stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because when your mind is idle, that's. It's a perfect opportunity for the enemy to come in. Uh, that's that's really, really good. Ashlyn, I didn't ask you this question, but why don't you just, would you mind to kind of just talk about that from your angle as well? Yeah, like he's, is this on? Can you hear me? Okay. Um, like he said, like making good habits. And so sur- I go back to surrounding yourself with people. Like don't go out of a night of partying and heavy drinking because you're setting yourself up for temptations to come in. Like, surround yourself with the right people and like good role models. So you're not putting yourself where the enemy can reach you. That's so good. So the first part of that we missed. So don't go, you're saying essentially don't put yourself in bad positions to make poor decisions. Right. Right. Yes. Wow, man, that is, that is so, so good. Um, Ashton, let's, let's talk really quick while you have the mic. What's the, what are intentional steps that, that you take to keep your mind and your soul healthy? Because, uh, you know, mental wellness is just as important as spiritual wellness as you're going through this life because they're interconnected. And so how do you keep, how do you keep mentally well as well as spiritually well? Well, um, it's hard because you have work and then you want to, I'm a person that says yes, so I have to learn to say no. Um, but allowing yourself time for yourself or with like family or friends, like doing things that you enjoy doing to fill your cup back up. And so you're, you're happy all the time. You're not, if I know that if I am pouring my cup constantly out and I'm tending to others, that is what I enjoy doing. But there comes a time where I run out and then I start to burn out and burning the candle at both ends. And so I have to take time for myself to read a book, watch a show, go out and have fun, but like make sure that I'm not surrounding myself with That's the wrong really things. good. Really, really good. Um, Billy and Rusty, I'm going to bring the conversation back to you. And this was a question, um, this form of question was given by three different people. And so um, I just want to kind of give you a general idea and then you just kind of expand on it, pontificate it from there. So uh, financially, what are some lessons that you've learned as a couple? How do you budget? Is important? Is it important for couples that are married or getting married to combine finances? What about tithing? How do you decide your family budget? Like just kind of unwrap what that, because obviously the Lord has blessed, blessed you guys and, and blessed the business and, and full disclosure, you guys do tithe, you, you give, you're faithful. How, how, how do you guys set up your personal finances? How do you do that in, uh, in a healthy way that decreases arguments and things like that? Uh, over the years, we've kind of gone back and forth, taking turns on who's paying the bills, who's taking a break, because that's stressful. 
and it's stressful whenever you're looking at every dollar, and it's hard. Um, Wait, hey, can I pause you right yeah, fast right there? Because sure. that's a concept I've never heard before. Like going between, so you would do it for a little bit, Billy, and then Rusty, you would do that. Why did you guys set it up like that? Look, that's really practical. Okay. When we got engaged, we did combine our finances. And uh, I think women have need a little bit more security-wise, like with finances and stuff. Um, so I thought I was going to be doing the bills. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> Do you remember this? Okay. So we're engaged. We're not yet married. But I knew our wedding's coming up. We're going to go on honeymoon. So I need to pay these bills. So we got paid, and I hurried up and paid the bills. Y'all, we had no money left for our honeymoon. I spent it on bills. I paid everything. I, 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 don't, I don't know how. Obviously, we weren't budgeting right, you know. And uh, I remember locking myself in the, my bedroom at my parents' house, and I hear my dad saying, what's going on? Is the wedding off? And my mom's like, I don't know. I'm trying to find out. And I was so embarrassed, and I felt like a failure. I had not even married yet, and I'm, I spent all our money. I mean, it was to pay the bills, but it was stuff that could have waited. We would have got another check that came in, and we could have used money for the... You know, you know how it is living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. you know? Um, anyway, it... God blessed us, and people were handing us $100. My parents were going to give us money, and we would pay them back. And, but at the wedding, I remember people just handing us dollar bills, and we're like, okay, we got it now, so yay. Um, so after that, Billy did take over the bills <laughs> uh, for a good while. And then, um, then he, we noticed he got a little distracted, and things, it's like, Billy, we had the money. Why is the water turned off? You know? And he's like, ah, sorry. It's like, well, it's not like we didn't have the money. We just, he yeah. just gets, gets distracted. So then I would go through and I would take over for a few years. And then we really did alternate, which was good because you always, both people need to know what's going on in your finances. Yes. And uh, even if you combine, don't just put it all on one person. It's very stressful. And they're trying to figure out the budget, and it kind of always could lay on them on putting your tithe in your budget, yeah. you know. And whenever I was doing it, and the, whenever we first got married, it was, I, that was not in my budget. But Billy would make it in his, and so something else wouldn't get paid, but it was, that was what was more important. And I, it took me a while, years actually, to where I could get to be that person. So Billy was more of a giver than I was, and now we're at a point to where I'm, I'm almost more, I'm not more of a giver, but I, I don't hesitate, yeah. you know. But, I mean, the finances are a little bit different, you know. But uh, having a budget is very, very important, but I think both people need to be involved in deciding, you That's know. Good. That's good. Billy, can you, yeah, break that down? Something else that we did for years um, so we just started our business six years ago. So some of you see us now, but for 20 years of our marriage, it was not like that. I mean, it was paycheck to paycheck. Uh, but we would never spend more than $50 without asking each other. Like that was kind of our limit. And we don't, we don't have that anymore, but <laughs> now we just, she's like, where did this come from? I was like, ah. <laughs> That's good. I love but, that. But that was really good. I mean, for the longest time, that was, you know. That's really, do, do you guys feel like it's important for couples that are engaged and about to be married or married couples in general to have combined finances? Um, or do you feel like they need to, it's okay to be separate? Or what are your thoughts on that? I think it's, it's just a personal opinion. I don't think it's right or wrong either way. For us, we just wanted our stuff together. Like we're we're gonna be one. Let's let's just yeah yeah. Sometimes, sometimes if you get married at an older age, I can understand where you're like, well, I'm I've already been paying my bill these bills for so long anyway. So I mean, I see where that could happen. But we got married young, yeah. And um, but I think uh, just as long as you're both aware of your finances, what what. If they are separate, then what he has in his account or what you have in your account, because it is together. Absolutely. Yeah. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. So 
Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to all of the questions. We're running out of time here. Can we stand up on our feet and honor this incredible, incredible panel today? Come on, guys. This is awesome. Thank you guys so much for investing in our church and investing in the church family today. Give it up for one more time as they exit. They... Hey, look, I know that was very different. That was very unique and, and uh, than what you're used to on a Sunday. Um, at, next week, I'll be preaching and we'll be breaking down in this brand new series called The Good Book. I want to encourage you, be here next Sunday. Bring somebody with you. Don't come to church alone. Amen. Don't come to church alone. Um, what I want to do is I want to pray over you. I want, what I would really like for you to do is to take everything that we've talked about in this series and go super practical with it. Like live this thing out, live it out. Um, really go home and say, man, this is something that I heard this month. I'm going to live this out. Don't, don't let your relationships get to the point where, man, we're in trouble, right? It's kind of like your car. If you don't change the oil, eventually you're going to burn it up, right? If you don't change the oil, but you got to change the oil continually to keep, you got to keep the maintenance. You got to do the tires and you got to do all the things, keeping the maintenance going to keep your vehicle healthy. It's the same thing with your relationships. I want to encourage you do maintenance on your marriage. Talk about it together. You're growing together. Don't try to do this by yourself. You're doing this together. Single people. Hey, hang in there. Keep your head up. The Lord's got you. Amen. You're single, but you're not alone. Amen. Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we're so thankful for the incredible wisdom uh, that has been uh, given to your people, Lord. And, and I thank you for them speaking that over our church uh, today. And, and I thank you for your word that has given us wisdom in the, in, the, in the series. God, I pray that you would help us bind us together, Lord, that we would lean into you to have healthier friendships healthier dating relationships, healthier marriages, God, I, that healthier parental relationships, God, that you would help us to lean into your spirit, what you would want to do in us and through us. Lord Jesus, we love you and we're so thankful for the, your spirit that we felt and we feel in this house.